Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What is up, fam? Another week, another live. Today, with none other than Justin Jones. This dude is a freaking legend when it comes to music videos. I mean, he's worked with Tyga, g Easy, Migos. I mean, the list freaking goes on. The dude is a freaking legend. And he's going to share everything that he knows and everything that he's up to. Justin is based out of LA and uh, he also owns a studio called Studio 640 um, where they create a bunch of cool stuff like whether it's Premiere Pro transitions or Final Cut 10 transitions and they have so many different products, Bokeh and like different things that you can use. You can actually should go online and check it out, 640, Studio 640 dot com yo what's going on brother what's up man thanks for joining man so stoked brother so stoked i i did a you know a terrible job introducing you so why don't you just take a second and tell us a little bit about yourself yeah man so uh i am a dp been a dp for about 10 years uh went to school for filmmaking got my degree in filmmaking right away in school i kind of decided i wanted to be a dp like from the beginning uh, a lot of people make the mistake of not really finding a place, so they yes. kind of just bounce around in school. Totally. So right away, I was like, I want to be a DP. I was super stoked that I could build a reel, and everything that I saw in that reel was like literally lit and created by me. That's um, awesome. And so yeah, I went to school. Out of school, I met a couple of guys um, that were doing things for like underground artists that were starting to like blow up. Oh my so I hopped God. on board with them, and then from there, it was just like, skyrocket man built new reels and and just started working with bigger artists and then cut to today man i'm doing crazy man doing videos for some of the biggest names in the music industry dude, man. So it, it's, cool. it's so exciting dude it's so exciting and the, the, the thing that i love about you is that you're doing so much crazy stuff that you should be just one of those guys that we see on social media that they have like 200 followers and they make one post a year and you know they're trying to be so exclusive I just love, dude, how down to earth you are. And even like watching you on Indie Mogul, like I just checked out your recent, you know, uh, video. And dude, like, you know, it's refreshing to be like this because at the end of the day, when you talk to these people, like, you know, when we're working on, like, I'm, you know, I just like finished a job for Nissan and it's like the creative director is a super cool guy, you know? So it's like, right. then I go on his like Instagram and it's like this pretentious sort of feed. And I'm just like thinking to myself, yeah. like, like, you know, bro, come on. You know what I mean? Like, just interact, you know? So I that's one thing that I freaking love about you. I'm just curious about your take on school. Do you think it was worth it? Uh, that's a tough one for me, man. Um, I mean, in the long run, eh, it's, it's, it's so, so here's the thing, right? The one big major thing about school is networking, right? So you meet people that, further down in your career are also going to be doing bigger things like right. you are, right? Right. So right there in school you're forced to be together, right? Yeah. Without the without the school, you have that separation and that's where a lot of people are having the problems of like who do I talk to or how do I right. meet or how do I level up, right? So right there school is bringing you together and and creating that bond that you guys can then boom come together, learn what you're doing and grow from there. So Without school, it's really hard to do that, but there's other ways to network, right? Like going on and PAing on set and like right. just making contact and stuff like that. So I feel like school is just a really expensive networking. It's that <laughs> networking exactly. Stage, right? So right. And, and other than that, I mean, there's other, there's other positives. Like you have a ton of gear and cameras that you probably wouldn't be able to use like or rent, right? Right. Um, so there's that. And then you also, you know, you learn a little, little bit and it's like, gives you time to like kind of start building a reel. You have the gear available, you have friends, you have people that need to do school projects. So right. there's that. But then also now in the day and age of like YouTube, right? Like in literally anything that I learned there, I could learn in 15 minutes on YouTube. That's the thing, dude. Like I went I'm to free. school, right. I mean, I went to school in 2006, right? 2006 or 2009, 10. And it's like, I mean, why did I spend 16 weeks looking at the first five minutes of Space Odyssey? Like, I mean, 
cool. Like, yeah. right, like, cool. Like, it's it's cool, like, but do I have to spend 16 weeks just dissecting, like, every single thing and, like, you know, trying to, like, think that, you know, the god that Kubrick is? Like, what I'm saying is that nowadays, like, I feel like there are portals, just like you're saying, and I love the word, you know, it's just an expensive, like, really expensive way to network. And I feel like the difference between where you went to school to, like, where I, I mean, I went to school in Art Institute Chicago. I'm from Chicago. So it's like... There's not much film production going on there, dude. Like, somebody just hit me up today, right. and she asked me, she's like, Hey, Kazi, I'm working with this show. Like, we just finished the pilot, and it's going to turn into a big thing. And, uh, you know, what's your rate? And I give her my rate, and she goes, Oh, that sounds good. And I'm like, Yeah, that's my day rate. And she's like, Wait, that's your day rate? She's like, That's the budget I have for the episode. And I'm like... <laughs> Dude, I swear, that just happened. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what is just happening right now? You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is like, even my friends that are still in Chicago, dude, they're working on like micro scale jobs. So it's like, sure. it depends like where you go to school, I guess, that too, you know? That's the cool thing is like, I, I'm kind of blessed to be born and raised in Los Angeles, right? So that's huge. right off the bat, I'm in the heart of filmmaking, right? So like going to school in LA, that's like even better because... I feel like because I also went to the Art Institute in Santa Monica, right? So a lot of the a lot of the filmmaking teachers there worked on stuff here in LA. Right? They're so practitioners. Like They're doing above, shit. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I got lucky in that in that aspect for sure. But I mean, at the same time, I want to ask you this, right? So I mean, I love your attitude because you're saying you went to school in LA, you're here, and that's good. But then at the same time, there's so many people that I hear from that say that this is a negative. They just go, oh, there's so much competition. We can't find work because everybody is blah, blah, blah. So what, what's your take on that, dude? That is, I don't know, man, if that's laziness or just like, I don't yeah. know, a lot of people like to just, oh, it's too hard. I'm just going to say there's too much competition, right? Yeah. It's like, bro, there's there's 100,000 people in LA trying to be filmmakers, right? Right. But how many are actually really good at what they do? Right. A handful, right? I mean, maybe 100. Right. right, that are really good, that are getting all the big budget stuff, right. and those are the guys that took advantage of every situation, learned what they were doing, built a reel, built whatever they were doing, and then off of that or whatever they did, they just kept pushing and kept doing stuff and, and started climbing and, and getting out of the herd, right? So you start off in this herd of 100,000 right. people. So so that handful of people is really just pushing and, and pushing out of the way all those people that are saying too much competition. Right. And going straight up to the top, and then they end up up there where that doesn't matter anymore. People are calling you every day, like, "Yo, I need work. I need, I need you." Exactly. So that, it, I think it's just, it's just literally like getting through the hard years, right? Because there's, there's this span of time where you're going to be eating ramen noodles, yeah, right. Yeah. You're going to be grinding your ass off. You're going to be getting no sleep. You're going to be jumping job to job, and that's that right there is where most people say, you know what? I, I can't do this. This is not for me, right? right. So that, that's the point of, of where it really thins the herd and it just takes that special person to blast through those times. And and right on the other side of those times, people, like, there's a line, right? And this is the hard times, right? Right. And people get so close, they yes. get so close yes. to that line. Yes. All they need to do is literally just push, like, a couple more months or a couple more years and they just pop over that and that's where, that's where the, the magic happens that's where people start calling you that's where you've got so good at what you do you've spent your 10,000 hours and you're actually in the pocket now of the 1% of people that actually get work in LA so it's just putting in the work it's spending the time and it's like yeah I think I think that's that's my take on for sure on the competition in LA for I sure. mean you're living it right like I mean I'm just seeing like how many different places you show up and even like just tonight is like the testament to like you know you you know you stuck with the commitment it could have been very easy and i would have been totally fine i mean it's like you know we just postpone it i mean it's freaking instagram it's not like we bought spot for this you know you still showed up and what i'm saying like when i see that to me showing up i think is people don't understand that's 90 percent of the game talent absolutely the skill you can learn Showing up because what you're talking about is that, you know, once you become somebody's guy, once you're their guy, like Fincher has like, you know, his editor and like once you become that guy, then you're that guy. Then you're not going anywhere. Now, you and I probably have those moments where we look at a different DP or an editor or colorist and we kind of go in our hearts, even if we're not saying it out loud that 
damn. Like, I mean, this person is like better than me, but then why am I making more money or why am I getting more business or whatever have you? It's like that there's that secret sauce that you got to find. And, you know, this is what this is what I wanted to hear. And you gave us some of that. But it's like those are the things that I feel like little nuances that people need, because I love that, dude, that so many people are on that tip. It just you got to tip over like so many people I know that are too smart for their own good. And I'm just like, bro, if you had a little bit of naivete, just like a little bit of naivete where you just like let the chips fall where they may, you might freaking blow up. You know what I mean? That's what's stopping right. you. And that's the hardest thing for me, too. I'm a DP. I'm never in front of the camera. Right. So that's something that I can honestly say I'm like definitely working on, like all this stuff, like trying to post, trying to help people, trying to do like interviews to like to like just teach people so the thing is right like i've been doing some tutorials and trying to like get information into people's hands that can't afford or can't go to school or it's it's something that i didn't have when i first started right like youtube wasn't like like there's no tutorials or anything right so i'm stepping out of my comfort zone right now to just try and help and give someone something that i didn't have guys I freak it. everybody who's listening i swear to you that the recent tutorial that justin just put out Dude, that's my entire cinematography, like, four classes. I'm talking about cinematography 101, 201. Dude, I'm not joking. Like, like how to use Cinema 4D and then how to get in there. And then each shot, that, first of all, everything that you shot and how it looks. I mean, that right there is the free. Because how many times, like, we go to school or we take these random courses and it's like the instructor just never gets to the last mile. Like, they're always right. hitting the brakes. They show you how saturation w- works, and then that's where they stop. Like, don't yeah. show me that. Turn me into, a like, a tastemaker. Like, teach me the thing. You know what I mean? The hot thing. And I feel like when I watch your video, bro, like, I'm like, like, I cannot believe, like, when you start dropping that stuff. Like, people need to see this because, right. dude, I love this. And I have so much respect for this because that is your, that's what... So many people think in our industry is that that's what differentiates you. And if you start sharing your sauce, your secrets, then, you know, how about somebody else takes your job? Do you want to touch base on that? Like what separates you from like everybody else when it comes to that? So why do I want to give away secrets and why am I not scared to? Yes, exactly. Right, right. Why don't you have any scarcity about this? Because I have my own style, right? Like, I can show someone how to do it, but they're always going to do it in a different way. Right. Hands down, that's how it's going to happen. Like, yeah, someone can copy me, but it's never going to look the way Justin Jones yes. looks, right? Yes. It's going to be that person's style, and that's the way they take on it. Everyone's mind and creativity is a little bit different, right? Right. So I don't mind teaching the techniques I use, right? Because then they can take that and twist it into their own and go for it, right? And it also, it, it also comes down to a lot more things, right? Like attitude on set, right? I'm always down to get it. I'm always down to stay. I'm always down to kick ass, right? Right. And get what the director wants. A lot of people, yeah, they might be able to light like me, but they go on set and they're a diva and they're like, oh, yes. I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting overtime, right? Like, if I, I'm fine not getting overtime. Yes. I'm leaving right now. Man, F the, that dude. Like, 100. just get the job done. And that guy's going to call you back every single damn time. 100. And like as a DP, like you make your director friends, right? That's who's going to hire you is your directors. Producer, yes. that's the director yes. who do you want to shoot your film. Yes. So take care of them. And anyways, that was kind of a ramble on. But yeah, man, it's like teach people the stuff that you weren't able to get when you were younger and they can go and take that and they're going to appreciate you and that's going to bring even more to you, right? Dude. And so I just I just want to share that. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think anyone's going to gonna steal... Yeah, it, like I said, it's just it's just really a per person basis. Everyone has their own style, and why not share the stuff I learned, dude? Like, and one thing, and one thing that I want to say is just a little add on is that you know exactly we're in the creative field, and what like the creative flair is something that's not one plus one is two. It's not binary. It will never right. be that. And let's just go back to one of your examples from the one of the videos that I've seen where you're talking about like you're shooting Mamacita, and you're like. I wanted to like get this specific shot or whatever and whatever we uh, we didn't get this rental or whatever something didn't come in and then you were like we sent somebody to freaking Walgreens or whatever to get this like magnifying glass and you made it work so that Justin Jones like decision making and those executive decisions I'm not gonna make that the other person that you're gonna share that secrets with is not gonna do that because that's when what makes you you 
You know what I mean? And that's experience. You know what I mean? So it's like that's just experience and being able to think on your feet and, and do that. But you're right. Like like every person is different. Someone might have another idea to make that happen right. or make it work. Right. But that's just the way that I thought on my feet to do it. And I, and I like sharing stuff like that because it makes people it was think amazing. a little bit differently. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It was for amazing. For sure. I want to ask you some uh, music video specific questions. So, okay. I know you have your opinions, but I just want other people to hear it too. But like, you know, so some of the clichés that are happening right now in the music videos, like can you just pick out a couple of them and then maybe like a little solution, you know, something that they can like do maybe a little bit differently? But start with some of the clichés. Some of the things like three things that are happening right now too too often. I mean, man, I I hate saying this, but it's just really how I feel. It's like just shooting a mediocre video and then thinking after you shoot it like oh what can i do to spice this up right like what effects am i going to throw on this and and it's like a new style now and i'm not throwing shade on anybody because i think everybody's creative juices or whatever is so dope and and obviously people are liking these effect driven videos but i think that's one of them there's like just throwing effects on a video that you that wasn't planned right i'm all about planning i'm all, all about pre-production i'm all about having a vision in the beginning of the project and following it through to the end because then it's something that you actually created and and of course there's going to be times where you have to kind of freestyle and like right. make stuff work if something happens on set but going into a project with the mindset of we're just going to shoot something and then afterwards we're just going to throw a bunch of effects on it right and 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 that's like a, a fad right now that's like a lot of stuff and I'm not throwing shade like I said no I hear it's you it's yeah. something that that needs to be thought out you know so I think that yeah throwing mm-hmm. The fix taking it, it into After Effects or taking it into Premiere and doing all kinds of crazy yes. shit just to, like, just to do it right. is, is one of those problems. I mean, dude, um, like, another... fi- fix it in post, like, is just not always the answer. Like, I'm just looking at, like, I don't know if you watch Sam Smith's, like, some of his music videos, but they're so freaking beautiful. And they, you're, the, like, the new shots are not coming in, like, seven shots a second, you know? It's like a narrative. It's like, you know, a, a freaking beautiful, like, you know, excerpt from a movie, you know, like your favorite movie. It's like a poetry, like, and you're just watching it. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with it. So I just couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And I feel like people need to let that thought sink in. And that's why I'm telling you guys, like, you got to go watch some of his tutorials because what he's talking about, that pre-production, in my opinion, I am a post guy. And I think that pre-production is more important than post. Because yes, you can make things sing and you can take it in whichever direction, but if it was garbage to begin with, it's gonna be really hard. All you're gonna be doing is catching up, playing catch up, and like just salvaging like whatever mediocre stuff that you have. Getting by, just getting, getting by. by. Barely, right. You know? So that's the cool thing about post work is that like as a DP, I kind of lean you know, a lot on post work because that's like your best friend, especially when you run into problems on set, right? Right. Oh, I didn't have, I didn't have time to to brighten her key so yo uh kazi can you just kind of like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. put a little track key on there bring yep. up bring up her skin tone stuff yep. like that but but is when you're doing that pre-production it gives you time to think about that before you get on set and actually spend uh the time beforehand that way you're saving a little bit of money and you know what you're doing right so it's like building a roadmap and, uh, like a guide. And it's just so much more fun, right? Like, I mean, yes, you got access Absolutely. to red. That doesn't mean that, okay, let's shoot everything in, like, daylight. Like, you know, no freaking nothing. Like, you know, no 4 by 4s Just go out there and, like, shoot some stuff, bring it home, and then we can, like, Kazi can do anything, right? I mean, Kazi can only do so much, man. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know? I feel bad for you guys, dude, because I can't even imagine. You know what I'm talking about, there, dude. Man. Like, yo, what do I do, man? My footage is so grainy. You're like, well, what ISO did you shoot at? They're like, 64,000 and I'm, you're like, bro, like... The, no, the best one is, dude, the best one that I've heard is that, oh, we shot it in RAW. And I'm like, uh... I just asked you what I saw. It was, <laughs> you know? I'm not joking, dude, because I'm just talking about somebody who has, like, some disposable income and they go buy, like, red helium because they heard that it's amazing in low light. So then they're just like, okay, nobody needs that. Anyways, I want to I wanna talk about, and I... You get pretty technical with like using lasers and lights and all those kind of cool things, yeah. and it's like it's really like it, exciting because I, I'm a I'm a nerd at heart, you know. Like I'm a super geek, and it's like I went to school for networking in computers, so like I come from that technical background. I'm that guy when I'm like in post, I'm working on something. When I have technical issues, I'm the guy behind the computer fixing it. Like I don't need like the help desk to help me out with that stuff. So technical stuff is my my zone. Um, so I love hearing about that, but 
I want to know your take on like when it comes to cinematography, things like that, you have to be pretty good at like knowing all these things. But where do you draw the line between technical and creativity? Like uh, it, it does it really go hand in hand or is one trumps the other one? I feel like now it's almost about to be 2020. Everybody needs to know the basics of basically everything, right? Like I came up like uh, as like a one man band filmmaker, right? So like as I was going to school, I was... I was shooting, I was editing, I was coloring, I was doing all that stuff. So technology-wise, you need to know how everything works. And I feel like if you're a director or you're editor or you're... You, you need to kind of dip and dab in everything to understand how it all I works anyways, right? I so I definitely it. think you need technology and you need to learn how things work, right? Like as a DP, knowing how to color my stuff in DaVinci and knowing how all the tools work, it, it, it tells me... It, that when I'm on set, what leeway I have as far as latitude, it shows me, you know what I mean? So learning 100, dude. latitude, yeah. knowing that I can like change the color of eyes or yes. I could, you know, boost this or if, the, right. if they're like, yo, uh, that's the, so for, an, for example, right? So art department comes in and they build something in the background that's the wrong color. Right? right? I know, and I'm like, all right, guys, trust me. I know this will work. Let me just make sure that this color of light is on it, and we can make sure that in post, I know yep. that like someone like you can actually twist that color and stuff. So it just really helps you out on set. Knowing other stuff that's not actually I love it. what you're doing in your career just helps you out in the long run and really helps you just make make you a better filmmaker in general. I mean, just knowing um, a little bit about editing, like, you know, you can shoot to edit, you know what I mean? Like on events. Absolutely. And and that's, I think that's actually a, a really good thing to talk about. Like, um, I edited all my early music videos myself. I learned like how to make my style, right? What, right. what makes me me is like the stuff that I grew up actually making. Right. And uh, that now on set, it's so easy to get like a director's vision across right. when I know exactly like, okay, I, okay, he just told me how this scene goes. So now I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, so I know that I've shot a scene like this before and I edited it also before and it actually didn't work. Right. So now I know what does and doesn't work. So as an editor, I'm like you said, like shooting to edit, you're actually going in there with an editor's mindset and making it happen a lot easier. You're saving um, time on production, you know what I mean? You're yeah. getting to the point and then like even when it comes to post, you're saving time there. And then on top of it, like somebody's not going through like, you know, 16 takes to pick one, you know, and that all those things add up. And on that note, I want to I want to go into like working with like triple A list dudes like, you know, Tiger or GZ and these guys. So so where does like those guys, the talent stands compared to the director, compared to the DP? Like where where is all this? Like what do you mean? How like what's. Who's telling who what? Like, how much is Tyga saying, I want this video to be like this? And then the director right. just goes, yes, boss, you got it. And then the DP says, I'm on it. So, just let me know what to do. So so that's, like, really specific to each artist. Okay. So with, with Tyga and the director, Arad, that I work with a lot, yes. they, they do a, a lot of collaborative stuff. So they co-direct a lot of stuff. And it's, and it's really like Arad building the ideas, talking to Tyga, they're both like 50-50, right? And then Arad on set is like technical and he's like helping out. Okay. And then Tyga's coming in with like, yo, what if we did this? Or what if we did that, right? And then I'm in the meeting with them and we're kind of just bouncing ideas off of each other, going through lighting setups. I'm showing them the pre-production I made beforehand. That way when we get on set. And then sometimes it sucks, but Tyga's like, no, no, it's not right. We got to redo this, right? So, I mean... It's his vision, and right. it's, it's his and Rod's vision, and they come together to create this one vision, right? Yeah. And then I make that happen. But then, like, other directors, like Calmatic and stuff, it's like him running the show. He created this idea, and the artist trusts right. him as a director, so I work closely with just the director to, to make it happen. So it's really just a per-project basis. Okay, okay, it depends um, on the person. Like per-director, different directors, different artists work together differently, so... Justin, talk to me Let's about... Talk to me about like the fine line between, you know, the politics of it. Like, you know, where do you like not getting steamrolled, you know, and then be the yes man. But at the same time, like getting your voice heard. Now in my career, because I've done enough projects, I kind of have a voice, right? I love but, it. Okay. Which is cool because people will accept what I have to say and listen. And they know that I know what I'm talking about. And they know that uh, it's going to come out good either way. Right. If, if so... They give me that, they, they trust me now. Right. When I was coming up, it was a little bit different, right? 
Right. But I feel like you just have to be assertive as a, as a cinematographer, right? A lot of times I stepped in not really knowing what I was doing, right? So it was like kind of fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. A lot of times, right? And we that, all that goes do into it. the whole imposter syndrome. And yeah, feeling yeah, yeah. like you're not good enough. Right? Yeah, a lot yeah, of exactly. Have that. I have it bad. Right. Uh, but you just, yeah. Yeah, so the question you were saying is um, like, how do you how do you uh, not get like stepped on and like make sure that your voice exactly is right? I, I think it's just learning how to do your job really well. It all comes down to that, right? If you know what you're doing, right. other people are going to trust you. And so it's it's really just if you go into a thing and you and you mess up on something, then that person's not going to trust you. If you ever shoot for them again, they're going to have that distrust, right? It's yes. like a relationship. Yes, yes, yes. So it's like building a relationship of trust coming into the project knowing what you're doing and and doing it well and then that way in the future videos you do with them right building that relationship right. you're going to trust i think like over communication is not a bad thing when it comes to our field because again like it's not binary so i would rather when i'm grading something i love to just like take it all in if i'm if i'm working directly with the dp then i'm just like bro get send me samples what do you like? What have you done before that you love? Like, it's not because I'm just going to copy it, but I just want to give, when I create a lookbook and send it over to you, I want to be in the ballpark. And then we can just decide on something and go other than like me just, you know, kind of like, oh, what if like he thinks that I'm not an expert, blah, 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 blah. And that's another thing that I feel like a lot of people think when they're starting out that they're too afraid. They just think that, you know, the fake it till you make it thing, but they just get, get to a point where it's to a fault, where they're like not asking any questions and then the time comes and somebody will be like, wait, what the F is this? Like, this is not what it's, it was supposed to be. And they're not asking questions because they're thinking if they ask questions, that gives away that they're amateurs. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's just one of those things that people need to understand, especially when somebody who's starting out, it's okay. Ask questions because even somebody at Justin's level, like he is not afraid of like just going out there and be like, hey, like just want to run this by you. Like, what do you guys think? Like, is this good? All right, let's go. You know, it's okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, you always, like you said, open communication, right? Directors are asking the DP questions all the time, right? right. So, so why would I not also ask questions back? Like exactly. You're saying, right. So, uh, all the time I'm like, all right, what do you, what do you see here? Right. So I'm asking him right off the bat questions right. already. Right. So it's like, just, if you don't ask the director questions, you're not going to know what he wants in general. Right. So exactly. like, what colors are you seeing here? What do you, what is, what about this? Uh, let's see. Uh, what lens are you thinking? You want to be close? You want to be, you want to be wide? You want to be on a dolly? What kind of camera? movement right so right. it's all it's all about like like you said communication and really just um yeah having that relationship okay so justin when you're working on these projects for a music video let's talk about like how many days are you given like and even for pre-production and i know that it changes from per project base you know it's totally different and especially for music videos i can only imagine i mean i've graded music videos for like no dollars 600 bucks and it's like they're big names and i'm just like wait what is happening like why is there a 600 dollar budget for color <laughs> you know so i i know that world a little bit but you know nothing compared to you so i just want to i want to hear um just a little ballpark that people might have an idea like just a grasp on like how it goes yeah uh 90 90% of music videos give you less than a week to, to do everything from start like to getting the treatment to being on set shooting right so and all this stuff in pre-production takes a lot of time right so just getting the, the treatment nothing really gets done for a couple days after that right unless it's like you have two days right so it's like getting the treatment then the next step is like location scouting, right? That's a whole nother day. Then it's um, building pre-production and shot list and talking with the director and like going over your location photos or, or your cinema 4D build or whatever you're doing. Then it's like creating crew lists, right? right? Who do I want to first for me? Who's my gaffer? Who's my key grip? Who's my juicer? Everybody like that. Then it's um, gear, right? Like what camera are we shooting on? All that. Right. And so all that's usually compressed to a week or less. And most of the time, like three or four days. So that's basically so, pre-production and production, like three to four days. Yeah, yeah. So, so within within a week, a lot of times someone will hit me up and say, "Yo, so it's Thursday. Yo, we have a video Saturday." <laughs> a I lot think of times, I like, think that's just now, what what happened today, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today, literally, I got hit up uh, two days ago, and we're shooting shooting a music video today. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's you... not the way it's not the way I like working, but it's like you know. When, when jobs call you answer you know especially if it's if it's good paying 
work. Exactly. So, Are you? And, that, and that's what makes you also a valuable filmmaker is if you can make stuff happen in that amount of time, right? Oh, then you're just like you're the guy. Then you're the freaking person that they because yep. because reliability is so important. Again, like talent and those things can be taught to an extent, but like being reliable and all these things, and then on top of it, you have talent. It just all adds up. All right, brother. So I want to ask you: um, Are you working with the same crew? You got your people, and you guys just go yeah, from job yeah, to job. Yeah, I do, and there's things I like about that. And there's things I don't like about it. For somebody trying to get in, it's really hard for them to get in because everybody's already got their team, right? Okay. So yeah. when I was coming up, it was like all the directors that I was looking up, like looking up to, had their DP already, right? So it was like I was like kind of down on myself, like. They already have a team. Like, why are they going to choose me or whatever, right? right? But now that I'm I'm there, I do have a gaffer I use all the time. I have a first AC I love using. The only time I really stray away from my main guys is if they're not available. It's cool and it's not cool in, in those terms. Right. Um, like how much you have to kind of like rely... Because it's such a teamwork thing. Like teamwork is so important and like you start relying on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so I, I think what's like made, made me use my people a lot is like every time i'm not gonna say every time but i've stepped out of my comfort zone with crew right like i try to use someone else and 90 percent of the video is out of focus and it comes down to me because i chose that first ac right and and that kind of scars you right and it's so like you find someone that's really good they have a good attitude they're there on time they make shit happen for you your images are sharp or your gaffer is like giving you all kinds of ideas right so it's finding that person like like a director finding like me as a DP, right? That's right. reliable, that right. you can trust, that's has a good attitude. Right. So it's like when you find those people, it just makes your job a lot easier. Yes. Like I mean then so, that that's that. You know, like Spiel, Spielberg has his Michael Kahn, you know, and then that's the sure. freaking editor for fifty seven years, whatever the hell, you know? It's like right. I love it. I got one question. Okay, so the question for you is I'm stuck between feature film work and social media YouTube websites work. Like how do I transition into like music videos and you know, cool cool stuff? Like do you have so an from, advice for from, narr from narrative and like internet videos exactly. to more music videos yeah just start you got i mean you just got to get some music videos under your belt right so like find somebody that makes music that doesn't have much money that can throw you like 500 bucks and if you got a camera and stuff and you're shooting stuff already just go shoot something right and just get one under your belt and then once you have three four ten under your belt you can start using those to market yourself uh towards that new path right, right. so it's like stepping out of narrative work for me i'm kind of like the opposite i'm going from music video world trying to shoot more features i got a feature in january i'm doing oh yeah so it's just like my first feature it was like i hopped on with a buddy that was shooting a feature and i was like yo or that was directing a feature so yeah. i was like i'll shoot it for you i need to get more of this under my belt to be able to market myself as a feature film dp rather than just a music video dp and it's hard because like i've been pigeonholed a lot as like right. a music video guy right like i yeah. shoot shot you know 250 300 music videos right he shoots music videos. Uh, I don't get a lot of calls for feature films. So it's, it's really just... Don't you hate that? Like, I'm the sheet metal guy. I'm like, I'm the dude who works on car commercials. So it's like, it's really hard to transition. Like, I, I, I get asked, like, you know, I, I did a commercial for Speedo, and they were just like, oh, but, like, I mean, we haven't seen anything on your website. Like, can you work with people? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yes, I can color grade, like, a skin tone. You know, oh, you can kill it, right? Yeah, exactly. But they're saying like, oh, like I was gonna shoot a dance video for uh, I forgot who it was for, but the producer's like, yo, well, do you have like any more dance videos that you can show me? And I sent him like five or ten music videos that were like dance based, and yeah. he's like, oh yeah, well I sent him those. They want to see more, and it's like, bro, I don't know what else to tell you, man. But it's just it's just getting more of that style work under your belt that you can market to people to show them that you can do it, right? Like so for your speedo thing right like if you had other stuff other than cars right right then you could send them that and they would you know trust that you could do the job exactly so it's like and i dude i couldn't agree more and i feel like i'm i'm not gonna lie in the beginning of my career i kind of fell into that hole where i'm just like you know my time is worth like x amount and i'm not gonna do it for free blah 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 but but you, you gotta know, start somewhere, right? Th that's the thing. And it's like, even with the stuff that I was doing, and then I like, you know, got to my head and I'm like, okay, I'm doing really well. Like, I don't care about blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if 
you have to be strategic about it. And I love what you're saying. And I'm sure like, you know, even this, this feature that you recently shot or whatever, like, or you're going to be working on eventually, it's like, you're not really looking at it right now for the money, like how much you're going to pocket from it because you have a long-term goal and you're attacking Absolutely. that. And I feel like I try to uh, get this message across and it becomes very polarizing and people, I get a lot of hate for it. Like when I tell people to work for free, um, to like really come up with a game plan, create a game plan. And then once you have a game plan, then attack it. And even if it means working for free, because I tell people I have a day rate but I'm a freelancer. So if today I'm not working, you know how much my day rate is? It's zero dollars. My day rate is so, freaking... So why not work on something that could benefit you because that right there is worth more than zero, right? Exactly. This is what I'm yeah. talking about. So, you know, I, I love what you sh shared and I hope that people understand like what that means in the long run. Right. Like literally just step out of your comfort zone, even if you're not getting paid, get something under your belt and move in the direction that you want to move in, right? So if you're doing these feature films, which is cool, which is where I want to right. go towards, right? So if you want to get out of that kind of stuff and go towards music videos, just go shoot some music videos. That's it. Go shoot. Exactly. That's the answer. No, I, I couldn't agree more, brother. Somebody just asked that, hey, what is uh, like a starter kit, like somebody who, you know, is not at a point where they can rent gear and they want to get like the best image possible. What kind of setup do they need, like, you know, for not breaking their bank? Sure. I think the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 4K is hands down the cheapest, most beautiful footage you can get. It's, it, shoots, it shoots raw images for like $1,200 That's or $1,400, whatever it is, mind-blowing. It's kind of crazy, right? Like, the it, kind of stuff you can get from crazy, it? And I've, and I've literally shot on it, like, 10 times now and it blows my mind every single time that I'm getting images that literally compete with red and the Alexa mini and the Alexa for, <laughs> for, for the cost of like one accessory on one of those cameras. Right? Dude, so you kidding? Yes. That's, that's the camera. I don't care what anyone says. I've been shooting for 10 plus years and that camera single handedly has blown away every other camera on the market. Dude, I love you my, for saying that. Opinion. So and that and I, I don't even think you need an expensive set of lenses, like a set of Rokinons or a set of like Canon L series glass, and you're gonna or Sigma Sigma Cine lenses or something, something in like a middle range like ballpark. Right. And then like uh like a Ronin M, something small. And with that setup, I think you can shoot absolutely a ton of stuff. Justin, I want to ask you one thing, and that is, you are busy. You're working all the time. You run your own company, Studio Six Forty Six Forty Studio. Yeah. All right. I'm saying it the opposite way, guys. So don't go to Studio 640. Go to 640studio.com. I, yeah. I I did a little thing in the beginning before you know you showed up, and I told them Studio 640, 640 Studio. So yes, 640studio.com. And guys, and guys, no joke, his stuff is really good. I just worked on a job. I was in Long Beach working for an agency, and. I, I, I told you that story, but like I just went through their like common folder and going through all their effects and I pull out their Premiere Pro transitions and I'm like bringing them in, I'm dragging it in and I'm, I just see like 640 Studio and that just rung a bell. I'm like, like where did I hear that? And I just type it in and I just go on there and I'm like, and then I texted you right away and I'm like, what the hell just happened? So stuff is super legit. Um, so you guys should check it out. And I, one thing that I'm actually interested in, and I'll probably pick it up, is DaVinci Resolve transitions. I've seen yeah. that you have those too. And those are the, the those transitions for DaVinci Resolve is the only way that I still constantly think about just consider going back to Premiere Pro. I don't know if I told you, but I switched completely to DaVinci Resolve. I like ingest, like edit everything in Resolve. Really? Okay. Dude, it's insane. But those transitions are the only thing that makes me kind of want to like, sometimes I'm just like, uh, like, you know. Yeah, maybe... I mean, it, I think DaVinci still has a lot to work on as far as like their, uh, what's, what's that tab called? Fusion? Yep, yep, tab, yep. 100, right? yeah. It's still very buggy and it's very slow and you got to do like all kinds of workarounds. So um, we saw a need for transitions in DaVinci, right? With Blackmagic's coming out and being able to get DaVinci Resolve for free, yep. which is absolutely incredible. And they're not charging like a monthly subscription. So we definitely wanted to tap into that and like right. help people get some transitions in there. But it's like the, the Premiere kills it in the effects game, right? Oh, it's like they make it so easy and all the drag and drop. So It's insane. Um, and then yeah. just right click to After Effects, like whole dynamic linking is insane. Yep. Uh, Justin, I want to ask you, so all these things that you got going on, like, you know, and, and 
great success, man. Like it's inspiring. With everything that you have going on, one thing that I see is that you know you're still putting out YouTube. You're not too good for YouTube. You're not too good for Instagram. And dude. Um, one, I'm from Chicago and you know, everybody says that people are real in Chicago. Like they tell it how it is. And then like being out here, I just, the people that I work with, and especially in the commercial business, like it just, the authenticity sometimes is missing. And also there's like this aura around social media is that that's a kid's like playground. And it's like, what are you doing, doing anything there? And it's like, I mean... I have my take on it, but I just kind of want to hear like what makes you after doing all the big stuff that you're doing still be like, hell no, this is cool. I'm doing it. Why? Well, like I said, I'm trying to fill the void I had when I was starting out. Right. Love it. Yeah. So what I would have given to have someone show me the light, right? The light at the end of the tunnel. It's literally step-by-step on how to make a really good production happen smoothly, right? You have an idea, right? Right. The the director gives you a treatment or a music video or a script or whatever. And to be able to go to like a location, right? Right. Take pictures, go into Cinema 4D, build it out, put lights, literally the lights you're going to use on set, put it in there, render it and see what it looks like. (laughs) Right, Freaking then crazy, dude. take those renders and then be able to put those up on the wall on set, right? And then your whole entire crew can see exactly what you're doing, all the lighting setups, um, and then and then your day goes by so fast, and you make up two hours, and everyone leaves two hours early, right? Right, and then and then that music video is exactly how you imagined it. If I had that when I was a young filmmaker. I, I don't know, man. I would have grown so much faster. And, and that's what it is to me is like filling that void that I didn't have and being able to share now what I know with the people that were like me back then. And that that's one of the major driving factors. And to be honest, it's just fun, bro. Like on days off, right? Days when I'm not working, like just creating. Yes. I think, you know, keeping that when you get up into higher gigs and you're stressed out yes. from the pressure that's put on you, it really kind of turns you off of like creativity and doing stuff. So taking it back a step, right, and doing something on YouTube where you don't have the pressure right. really allows you to kind of bring that passion back. So that's another thing that I think really um, makes me want to do these, right? right? And I'm not a dick, so I want to have fun. And like I'm a fun guy, and I like doing cool shit and making stuff happen. And why not make YouTube videos? And it's like, and it's, dude, and one thing that I want to just talk to people about is that, you know, LinkedIn is not our place, guys. Like, so many people are looking for work and then they go on LinkedIn and they're going on, you know, careers.com. Like, that's not where it's at. Like, you're going to get like a $30,000 a year, like, editing job and you're going to be stuck there for seven years. And, and you're going to hate your life and you're going to lose all your passion for filmmaking. It's Trust gonna, me, I boom. had a job, right. a day job for like six years, and I finally just quit there like five months ago. So I've been doing like day job and freelance, and like oh my it has just it it literally drained me, bro. Like I felt like I left there like with no creative juices left, right? So that's like also when I actually started doing some more YouTube stuff. Um, but yeah, man, like you were saying, like it's really all about your presence. Right? It's really it's like about that. Like, exactly. Because today you want to become a personal brand. Nobody cares if I work for freaking exactly. Nissan and Honda and this and that and the other thing. Nobody cares. Like, my family doesn't even know it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what really matters is me, the personal brand. And when I say me, I don't mean it in like a, you know, narcissistic way, me. But it's like how, you know, Justin is talking about like what we would have, you know, given for to have that knowledge from a practitioner somebody who's done it in the field not the theory don't show me the textbook don't tell me that if you put you know 600 foot candles here it's like this and read it on the light meter that's very cute but when i'm on the freaking set making something happen it's a whole another ball game so having this dude right here giving you that those tips are freaking invaluable and i feel like not just like okay not just like giving back even if you want to get out and get exposure, wouldn't you want to have exposure to a point like how we're doing this live 
the time doesn't matter. If I would have done it at 7 p.m., the same amount of people would have shown up. If I would have done it at 3 p.m., same amount of people would have shown up and I'm doing it right now It's the same amount of people here and it could be 4 a.m. here and the same amount of people. You guys need to understand the power of this. This changes everything. When, when the freaking stock market is open 24-7 and like you can, like right now I'm getting hit up from like somewhere from England, somebody wants some color work done. Like they just slide into my freaking DM, I pick up a freaking gig, I download it and I get it out and boom, done, remote work. Like when you understand the power of this, like this is why it's so important. So many people out there I know, they just go, oh, you know, I don't really use social media for this or I don't really use, I don't spend too much time on YouTube. Well, you got to or else you're going to be stuck at that nine to five and, you know, it's just right. not... You know, not to not to really up so many opportunities, like you're saying. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's all about Rolodex. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. think about a full time job is like really having one client. You know, you get canned from that job. You're done. Like that was one client. And like, wouldn't you want to have a bigger Rolodex that, you know, if something is down, like if you're if this client is not hitting you up, you can hit up like seven more people and be like, hey, what do you got? And then like see what they have, you know, and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, that's like as a DP, having your Rolodex of directors, right? But doing these videos and showing people, other people, like how to do stuff. And then like other, like I've been hit up for like three or four music videos this week from people seeing like these YouTube videos I'm doing and just knowing that not not only am I like good at what I do, but I'm also showing other people what I do. That changes everything. Right. And people are, without doing that, I would have lost those like three or four jobs because no one would have ever seen me, right? And it's all its all about, like, the more people that you could get yourself in front of, right? It's, it's a numbers game. Dude, right? yes. And the, re- the reason why people don't get it or give it the same amount of respect is because it's free. If today YouTube goes, hey, you want to post a freaking video? It's going to cost you 10 bucks. All of a sudden, everybody's going to be like, oh, man, I want to be on YouTube. Like, it's because this platform, these platforms are free right now. We're going to run like Facebook ads happily and pay so much money for Facebook ads. But then we don't want to make a video on YouTube because we're just like anyone and everyone is doing it. And and one thing that I want to end this whole thing on and you can agree or disagree with me, but I just think and, and you know, I started hitting like really hard, you know, the social media world like beginning of this year. And that's because like I finally got all those voices out of my head that kind of like held me back. You know, I always knew that in my small circles, people were like. Hey, Kazi, why don't you talk to people and show people what you do and teach people and like share this knowledge? And I just was like, "Ah, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. These weird voices in my head, you know, I just didn't want to go out there. Like, you know, the world can be brutal. There's too many like keyboard ninjas out there, you know, so I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, so I just wanted to held back. And I'm like, I'm not I'm not I'm the I'm the guy behind the camera. I don't want to be in front of the camera. This is all weird, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then finally, I just kind of got the courage and started doing it. And bro, it was freaking bad, dude. And it got it gotten it got worse when I went to those places that were supposed to be our platforms like Lift Gamma Gain, like, you know, those forums that are meant for like, you know, curated for creatives. And I would pick up so much hate and like the the hate that's not even related to what I was doing. And the one thing that I want to tell people is that when stuff like that happens, that's when really like your framework, your mindset comes into play. That's when you are put to test, like where you just have to like stand your ground and just kind of go like, I'm going to let that pass. Like, do, do not hold back. Justin, do you have any like weird rituals before the shoot or like on the day of the shoot? Are you superstitious? Uh, no. You know what? It's weird when I'm driving to set. It's, uh, it's not like a ritual, but it's like just like an in my mind thing. It's like a imposter syndrome thing. It's kind of weird right like you're on your way to set it's like butterflies in your stomach yes. and like like just i mean like when you get into high level stuff where there's a lot of stuff that you are responsible for yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. fucking scary man oh, yeah. so i don't know man there's like every time i go to set i literally feel like that so if other people feel like that it's completely normal and you're always gonna have it no matter how high up you go but you just gotta like you know what you're doing. You're going to kill it. So that's kind of something that happens. Dude, this is an amazing thing. This is an amazing thing to share because I couldn't agree more, bro. There's so many times when I just feel like just the exactly like that's like imposter syndrome where I'm just like thinking, what if somebody just, and another thing, like reason why I never wanted to put out videos because it's like, if I'm just sharing my notary and everything, what if somebody just calls me out on it and be like, Hey, Kazi, you're just full of shit, dude. 
Like, just okay. randomly. And I don't know why I'm thinking that I am full of shit because I'm not. But I'm like, what if just somebody says that? Like, that's just gonna, like, bust me open. You know, the whole world will know that I'm a freaking flake. You know, like, I'm just a fluke. I suck. Okay, I got a question in for you. And that is, right. if I can buy one aperture light, which one will it be? Out of the stuff that's out right now, I would definitely say the 300D Mark II, which is really dope it's the newest one they have out it's the brightest one they have out right now it has a ton of effects in it it's app controllable it has the bowens mount so you can put all kinds of like modifiers on it like space lights or light domes or basically anything you can like use like photography wise like soft boxes or anything like that they can all be attached to it um that's like the best one that's out right now but definitely keep an eye on the nova 300c which is their brand new rgb panel. yes which is comparable, or it's actually brighter than a Sky Panel S30. Oh my god! Full RGB controllable, ton of effects, all the gels you can imagine. Um, so that is definitely my favorite light. I've actually can I, actually I pre-order it? I, I have one here right now. Oh, I hate I, you, I, dude. I, I can't show anybody, but I do have it, and I used it today on set, and it's just absolutely incredible. So definitely be on the lookout for that one. Their products are it, man. Like, I buy their products, like, when I'm just bored. I'm just like, if I can just pick up, like, their little lights, I have so many of them. Sometimes I forget where they even are, but I just, like, love them. Did you buy any of the new uh, MCs, the new uh, RGB ones? I'm thinking about ordering it. Dude, those about, are really cool wireless charging those are those are also really really good to have. set fire films asked me that before too that hey justin do you do any workshops yeah so uh we're actually uh planning we're, we're getting a soundstage location soon that we're going to be building out into a ton of sets and i want to do like a once a month literally hands-on workshop where like i have 50 people come in and we're like we literally just we have a set and we have the story or, or treatment or whatever's happening in that set. And then we literally, I, I walk you through my process, my steps. I really want to. That's an amazing idea. I definitely idea. really want to do that. And it's definitely going to happen really soon within the next couple of months. I freaking love that idea, dude. And then also I'm going to be doing like a, like you're doing your master class and stuff. Um, so I'm definitely uh, starting a subscription thing pretty soon. So you need to, too. dude, yeah, you need to. And like, I'm going to be the, I'm going to sign up first. I'm going to be the first dude on there. <laughs> it's happening. Hey, I'll teach you a ton of stuff, man. Dude, I'm stoked. For... Is it possible to light a scene with just one do-it-yourself light? Absolutely. Depends on what you're shooting, right? So I have an aperture hanging up here and I have another aperture in the back and I have this light here but you can take a Home Depot like a uh, like a work light yes work light yeah and, and and you can turn that into multiple things right you could bounce it off of the sheet and create like a, a soft bounce off of that you can hit hard with that you can put a gel on it to change the color so people I feel like don't take advantage enough of really cheap like lights that you can get from like a hardware store right yeah yeah, yeah. They have like those clamp on lights that have like the silver reflector on them that you right. can put like a different kind of bulb in yeah, you can yeah. do a ton of stuff with that so absolutely definitely possible and it really just depends on what you're doing like think of think about like an interrogation scene right right most of those are cheating for one light hanging yeah. over a table you just go to home depot you get a 300 watt bulb in there right put it on a dimmer hang it above a table and you have a set yeah like a, a, a lit set so i think that absolutely possible i love it one of the questions are okay so i'm a self-made video producer problems with color grade i have some problems with color grade i don't know what to do start reading a book or what so some, somebody's a video producer having problems with color grading what should they do should they read a freaking user guide book that's or... a question for you <laughs> okay okay that's a question for me so uh, YouTube brother um, go on YouTube like go on my page first of all like you know on IG and there's tons of stuff there but now I mean that's just me um, never a book in 2019 there's so much content out there and you can get there like so much faster I think I even stopped googling stuff I YouTube stuff now like I feel like my search engine just shifted to YouTube like literally like I just type in whatever it is like you know Mac, you know, boot up drive. And then like, just why not watch the YouTube and somebody even has like a tag, like 10 minutes and 15 seconds and you click and it takes you there. So I would say definitely go on YouTube and pull up some content there instead of, you know, um, reading a book or anything like that. Because if you're new to this world anyways, 
books are going to be harder. Books are cool like if you have a little bit of an understanding and then you can deep dive. One of the questions I got is, hey, I'm a filmmaker for about two years now. Like I think part-time filmmaker transitioned into like now wants to be a full-time filmmaker and he has a reel and he's figuring out how to approach clients. Like what is like one advice maybe that you can give him? I would say just send your reel to as many people as possible, right? And try and try and network and, and meet and go and physically try and like be on set with these people that can hire you and like send that reel out and and just I mean just concentrate on creating the best reel you can, I would say, right? So the funny thing is, like every reel I make, I'm like, oh, dude, this is the best reel yes, ever, right? Yes. And then, yeah. And then I look back on it a year later, and I'm like, oh man, like what was I thinking? Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's like, however your reel is right now, just know that you can absolutely improve on it every single day. Go out and light something. Bring one of your friends in, and just like figure out a way to make what you shot before look even better. And just keep building to that reel and keep sending it out to people and pretty soon people will start to notice. So I think that's the best advice I can give. That's what I did. I basically, I shot some stuff with some friends, made a reel. Off that reel, I got some guy that owns a, a fitness company called Hardcore Fitness. His name's Larry. He saw the first reel I did and he saw that I had like some skill, like, uh, you know, and I was working on it. I was going to school and he was like, yo, bro, like, like. I need help. Right. 250 bucks. Come shoot a little promo for me, right? I used that to get me so many jobs, right? But that was just because I, I posted it. that and I sent it to him and he, he took a chance, right? And so I'd say just literally find these jobs, these low-budget jobs or these free jobs, build a reel, use that reel to get a little bit bigger jobs, right? right. Make a new reel off those jobs, copy and paste. Now use that reel to build, uh, to get better jobs. Once you get those... Bring those in, build a better reel, then you're getting $5,000 jobs, right? Then shoot those for two, three months, build another reel, then you're shooting $10,000 jobs, right? It's all stepping stones and being able to keep, it's like, it's like, it take it out of the filmmaking world, right? Right. When you're looking for a job, you get a job, but you're always looking for a better job, right? And a lot of people get comfortable and that's when they stop, right? They get comfortable, they're happy with where they're at and, right. and that's where they stop and that, you know, that they ride their life out like that. Right. So it's like, if you want to be successful and you want to shoot things that you're in, like inspired to shoot and you're trying to get there, use all these jobs as stepping stones, right? Yes. So just go out, shoot something, use that, shoot something, use that, shoot something until you start building up and getting to, you know, where you want to be. Dude, I absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm liking like, you know, your thought process and like how you approach it, because I always tell people that guys... I mean, that's just me. Probably I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but like I'm a businessman first and artist second, you know, so it's like I I'm going to sell the shit out of anything. Like if I believe in something, I'm going to freaking sell it. And the thing is that anything that I do, I go in so hard and so deep into it that I believe in it. Like, you know, the product that you're getting from me, my services that I'm providing you, like then when I go with that conviction, it's really important. And that's where I tell people that, you know, sometimes it's okay. It's not that you're not being modest, but at the same time, like you really have to hit it hard. Like when you want to get that, like when you're going after something and you're pursuing something, you got to go all in. Like it just can't be like, it start coming up with solutions. Then like all the, the excuses and the pebbles that you get along the way, like how can you replace all those with like solutions, you know? And it doesn't Absolutely. need to be like, it start coming up with like small, tiny goals. That's why like, you know, my daily like task list is usually like 47 like tiny things instead of like three main things because three main things could be like so daunting that I'm like, I'm not doing it. But when I'm checking off that little like I'm seeing that and the dopamine that I'm getting from it, like it just keeps me going, you know? Yep, absolutely. Where would you see yourself in 10 years? And I think that's a really important question, right? I have been in the music video world for like 10 years, right? So in 10 years, I see myself kind of picking and choosing a few music videos a year that I really want to work on and transitioning into commercial and feature film work. And so that's absolutely what I see myself doing is like taking on three, four, five features a year and then picking and choosing the, pro the music videos that I'm actually really passionate about yeah. and being able to let go, even though they pay the bills, let go of the stuff that's just busy work. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing answer, brother. That's it. I love it. All right, go to sleep.
right, man. Appreciate right. you having me, dude. Thank, Thank you, you so brother. Much. Thanks for showing up, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you guys for all the questions. You guys rock. Go follow me. Follow him. Do it. Do it, guys. You you guys know what to do. All right, guys. I just want to take a second to thank you guys for sticking around. Audience is amazing. I love you guys. You guys know that this happens for you guys because everybody's so involved and everybody participates. Justin Jones is just, you guys just heard him. He's so down to earth and I love every single thing that he said. And I want to like just hit it so hard. Like all these points that he made that, hey, have some humility just go and do stuff. Like if you love this field, all of us that are in this field is because we love it. It's not a necessity. Okay. We can be an accountant. We can do something in IT and make a lot of money. We are in this field because we chose to be in this field. So then bring in a lot of passion, bring in a lot of accountability and then that and, and hard work. This is what he's talking about, that he's still working on stuff that doesn't really pay well, but because he knows what it's going to do for him five years down the road, 10 years down the road. So always have your eyes on the prize, give your all. And you know, then, I mean, you know what I'm going to say, go out there and blow up. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.